Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Grinder. Joining me today in the studio is Amanda Abaya, and she is the author of Make Money Your Honey. Welcome to today's episode, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to you today, because you've got previous experience as a recruiter, actually quite extensive experience as a recruiter. And what we've seen in the last, well, probably about two years since the pandemic started has been the great resignation. Now, what were the, I mean, you had some quite stark resignation figures in the US, haven't you? Yeah, I believe it's about 4.5 million people have quit their jobs. I think last month or the month before, the numbers went through the roof again. So I'm not sure what the exact figures are now, but it's at least 4.5 million. And in the UK, I mean, I know we've got around 1 million active vacancies. Now, it's not like these people have just been beamed off the planet and disappeared. So pre-pandemic, these people were working. All of a sudden, they're not. Where have they gone? (laughs) A lot of them are at home starting their own businesses or looking for jobs where they can uh, telecommute. So I actually have employees now. I run a marketing and sales training company. I was a recruiter during the last recession. I was a recruiter during the Great um, Recession. So I'm very intrigued by what's going on with the Great Resignation because I saw signs of this happening 10 years ago. It's just it was at a trickle where people were complaining about, you know, it's a toxic work culture. Um, The boss doesn't get it. There's no upward mobility. Why can't we just work online? This has been kind of happening for a while. And the pandemic, I feel like, just kind of put it in a pressure cooker and everything exploded because people, first of all, it was already happening, right? We already had the resources to make it happen. And people, you know, had a lot of time. I've gotten employees during this time. And what they tell me is they don't want to work at their former employee, at their former place of employment, because, um, you know, in the case of our particular employee, she doesn't feel in alignment with the values of what that company does. She doesn't want to be selling uh, medication. That's what she does. She would rather be selling training programs that actually help people. So that's a part of it, a misalignment of values. I think another part of it, from what I've been told from conversations I've been having, is a lot of people just had time to reevaluate their lives, you know, and we, we saw a lot of, um, interesting things during the pandemic where people were like, life is short. Do I really want to spend it at this place over here where they treat me like crap and I don't feel good? Right. That's what I'm hearing. Um, You know, there's other variables at play. Of course, we were talking about how governments have been pretty generous with uh, helping people during this time. I'm sure that's a factor as well. There's multiple variables going on here that's leading to what's going on. And I do honestly believe that people have been have been sort of saving money over the last couple of years because actually what they could do has been very restricted. I mean, the US have only recently opened up their borders. I mean, the US borders have been closed for nearly, well, probably 18, 19 months, which has been unheard of. Yeah. And that's the same with other destinations around the world, which means people that would typically have taken a holiday haven't been able to do so. When we've had lockdowns, restaurants have been closed. There was nowhere to go and spend the money. So they've accumulated a fair bit of money. I think most of the money went to Amazon. (laughs) There was a lot more Amazon shopping going on. (laughs) Uh, Give give Bezos his kind of juice. He set it up brilliantly. He did. He was ready. He was prepared. (laughs) He had it, yeah. 
he was probably praying for a pandemic. <laughs> but that's a bit, that's a great example of a business that was set up to take advantage of that situation. But people have been sitting at home. You're right, people have been reevaluating. Do you think it's because they don't want to work? Or do you think oh, they haven't? No, found- I don't I don't think it's that at all. I think it's more, I don't think human beings are inherently lazy. I don't think human beings don't want to be productive. I think they really want to contribute actually. And they didn't feel like they were contributing at their places of employment. I, that's a big theme I keep hearing from people. Then why are employers not getting this? Mm, that's a really good question. Why are they not getting this? Um, I think you know, I, I think it's a seismic shift. You and I were talking, things have been done a certain way for so long, right? That you think that's the right way to do it. And I think, you know, employers didn't really see the trends and the changes that were happening. I did. I was a recruiter, so I was on the ground. I started an online business 10 years ago, and these conversations were happening all the time. You know, um, you know now there's like a boom in the United States with online business because people are like, I'm not going back. I was at an event uh, a couple months ago in October, and they were saying, I met so many nurses, for example, who had quit those jobs and started their own businesses doing like cool sculpting. Cause they're like, we're not going back there. Right. We're overworked. We have kids. They were not, um, accommodating to the fact that we have small children, you know, so there's just a lot of, um, variables at play that's going on. So I think companies just, it's been happening and they just, I don't know if they weren't paying attention. They weren't, connected enough i'm not sure exactly what was going on but they're getting a pretty rude awakening now well i suppose the challenge is for a lot of businesses they're set up to do business a certain way yeah they open at say nine nine in the morning they're open till maybe 5 30 in the evening and i get the fact that you've got parents that have got young children especially mothers and they have to go back and get the kids but for an employer that can be quite disruptive yeah. Because especially if they need that period of the day covered and there's no one to cover it, I can see it from both sides. Oh, I could totally see it from both sides as well. You know, I have employees now, so I understand it from the employer perspective as well. However, I will say one thing that's helped us attract people while other people are having a difficulty is the fact that, you know, we have a very clear vision of where the company is going. I'm very public about that vision. Right. I'm like, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Um, Values wise, I mean, I think it's great to get medication to people who are sick. I just keep using that example because there's a particular team member that that's why she wants to leave her place of employment. Um, You know, I think there's value in that. But, you know, for some people, there's a misalignment of values. Right. So, for example, what she was telling me was like, we're never going to run campaigns on how to prevent diabetes because then the company wouldn't make money selling medication for diabetes, right? I don't have that sort of a conflict in the business that I do. So I think that's attracted a lot of people um, and also a lot of freaking training and development and actually being kind of picky with who I hire, but always having my eyes open because of exactly what you said. Somebody could get sick you know, um, something could happen. You know, my father was in the hospital a few months ago. That could happen to one of my employees. So always keeping my eyes open for that next hire at the same time. So giving them everything that they need and all the resources and keeping my eyes open because I know those things happen and that's life. So so if they're, I mean, we're talking about this, people have had time to reflect 
and they're saying very often, I mean, you're using the term culture mismatch and that the core values are not aligned. Why do these people take the damn job in the first place? Um, well, now we can go into my experience as a financial writer for eight years because that was my first business. People are not taught how to think about money. They're right. just taught how to survive. So they're like, let me just take a job, right? So I can get this paycheck. And that's really all they're thinking about. That's kind of also what they're trained and bred to do, right? So that that could be a whole other conversation on individuals and their relationship to money because that has a lot to do with it. Is there any chance that people will default to that position when either the business that they've started doesn't work out for them? Because not everyone is geared to be a business owner. Agreed. Everyone's got the romance of how easy it's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to go work for myself. But actually working for yourself is a very different reality when you've got all that responsibility and all the other tasks that you never had to do as an employee. Do you think people will go back to that previous predisposition? I mean, I think eventually, yes, right? When that's going to happen, I'm not sure. Because right now, from people are like, I come hell or high water, I'm not going back there. I, I mean, mean they are saying, adamant about it right now. When I mean, there was a comment that you made where you're saying that people would rather go homeless. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. They're like, I'd rather go homeless and figure out this online business or find a job that telecommutes, right? And I think the other thing employers have to realize is like they have options now. So like if you're not providing telecommuting and that's something that they want, there's tons of other companies that have made the pivot and are hiring and are looking for people. How do employers get around the challenge that a lot of people that want the telecommute, that want that lifestyle, in all fairness, are not geared up to deliver that because actually their living conditions are not suited to remote working. They may want to think it is. And I'll give you a great example. A lot of people that had to remote work because they had no choice, especially in the UK where there was a like five months lockdown, the reality is people were working off the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, sort of not the most ideal sized table height and the most awful chairs you can imagine now if that was in a corporate workspace and they started getting back aches you'd have lawsuits coming out of your ears yeah and not a lot of people haven't got the space to have a proper home office what do we do then um i didn't have a proper home office for years i still figured it out working out of a corner i think people are especially with their home they can redesign it they can do whatever they want right they'd rather be sitting there than in a gray cubicle (laughs) So what do employers do going forward? Because this is a big challenge because a lot of people are struggling to get talent. They're struggling to hire. What needs to change? I think the first thing that needs to change is, actually, there's a lot of things. So let's start at the top. I think the first thing that needs to change is what is the value system? What is the mission? What is it that you're trying to create? There's so many businesses that are not clear on that. And um, not only does that attract people, that attracts high quality people because the other complaint that they have is they can't find anybody good. Okay, but why would a good person be attracted to this to begin with? Because a good person has options. And the reality is most companies do not have a clear vision. I mean, a lot of the corporate companies may, but when you're talking about the small to medium-sized enterprises that are privately owned, most people start a business by saying, okay, I've had enough of my job. Let me go and do it for myself. Yep. And then they get busy. They hire one person. They get busier. They hire two. 
before you know it, they're like 10, 15 people and they're just being busy all the time. Yep. And that's the harsh reality for most entrepreneurs. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a part of it, particularly, I mean, I had to figure that out before I, that was my issue with hiring people. I got lucky with the first employee because it was a personal referral. Um, But when I started taking like sales teams and things more seriously, I had to figure that stuff out. I'm like, wait a minute, what do we represent and what are we doing? Right. And then making that public and then the right people started getting attracted to it. Same with other employees I've had in the business. They were attracted by the mission they were attracted by what we were trying to accomplish and it was um aligned with their values right and we're talking about values a lot of people out there write down a set of values and it's a paperwork exercise yeah and they don't take it seriously yeah do you think they are now feeling the brunt of it do you mean the employers and the companies or do you mean the individuals employers employers? because they've yeah, they're paying I think lip they're service the, to it. They're, they're paying saying, lip service to it, but they don't live it. And here's the thing that's really crazy because people will ask me all the time, how do I attract good salespeople since we do a lot of sales training? And I said, well, is the person at the top selling the crap out of their own thing? Like, have they proven that the person at the top can sell this thing? Um, are they living what they actually preach rather than just giving lip service to something? People are not stupid. They pay attention to those things. Or should we say that people have become more educated that in the well. last 15 years because yeah, i think you've got well. you've got a new breed of people that have grown up with the internet mm-hmm. they've had more information at their fingertips than they've ever had and these are the people that are probably are looking at it saying there is a different way yep and then a lot of the older people have now started to catch up with it and say okay do you know what there is a different way out there yeah so i, I mean that was me that's how i ended up started my own company i was like there's got to be a better way than doing this. I mean, when I was a recruiter, our clients were fortune 500 companies. And even then it was difficult, right? During the great um, recession and things like that. Now, I mean, like I said, I think, I think now it's actually fixable, right? It's just that the companies need to make changes now, whether or not they're willing to make those changes and how quickly they can make those changes. That's a different story. Because a lot of leadership teams and leaders are quite fixed in their mindset. They are. There's a whole lot of ego going on. Um, one, my, one of my best friends actually works with multinational corporations. These companies are making multi-millions of dollars. And she's been talking about this a lot. And I asked her, I was like, do you think it's ego? Like, do you think that's what stops a lot of people? They're like, this is right because I did it and it has to be done this way. And they don't want to change because then they would have to admit they're wrong. And she was like, oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of ego involved. So basically, they've got no choice but to start to evolve because the world around them has changed. I mean, isn't that everybody? We've all had to evolve in our own ways. Why would companies be any different? So we're saying, okay, clear vision, really important, clear mission, how to get there. We're talking about really well-defined core values that are meaningful and that are lived. What else can companies do? We're talking about also that the leadership team needs to start evolving, that they can't work. They can't expect to be working the same way they did pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Yeah, the it's like, changed. yeah, exactly. The world's changed and you got to change with it. Now, I was actually at the dentist yesterday. This is a pretty great example because you asked me, what about companies that can't? Right. However, when I walked in, all of the employees were so happy. I have never seen such a happy dentist office in my life. 
right? The office itself was absolutely stunning. I've never seen such a fancy dentist office, right? The staff was all smiling. They enjoyed being there. The woman who did, I got some professional whitening done. She's like, I love my job. I love teeth, right? And I love working here. And I asked the doctor, I'm like, how did you do like really commendable, like kudos to you, because this is not an easy thing to find. And she says, well, you know what? Um, one of the things that she did that she mentioned is the way that the offices are designed. She said something very interesting. And she's like, this is our home. We have to be here every day, right? We have to feel good while we're here or our patients are the ones who suffer. Right. That's a really good distinction. So what we're saying, because a lot of people are resisting going back to the office. They're finding every yeah. single reason not to go back. And that's probably because of a couple of reasons. And one of them is probably that the culture is quite toxic. And the second thing is, it could well be that the place that they're working is quite a shitty place to work. Yeah, there's lots of shitty places to work. Right. And that goes to like, um, I think design actually matters. There's been a lot of studies done on like the design of offices and things like that and how that affects people that matters. Um, I think leadership, it can be shitty. <laughs> right. And that yes. needs to get fixed. There's lots of variables at play here, but yeah, there are some very shitty places to work. I'll give you an example. My brother does not work at a shitty place, but they've all basically revolted. Right. Because they're like, First of all, he's like in programming in IT. Why do you even need to be in an office to begin with, right? They'd already been working from home 18 months. They considered going back to the office. They were waiting until the kids were officially back in school to make the call because they understood, you know, you're still with your kids at home. There's still stuff going on here. Um, and they all basically revolted, right? Like four people like quit because they just found a telecommuting job for another company doing the same thing. So when they started doing that, and my brother was almost one of them. He's like, if we don't telecommute, I got all these other options over here. So what are we going to do here? And then they finally decided that they don't have to go back to the office. My brother's actually moving back down because now he can telecommute, be closer to family, you know? So that, that that's an example, right? Of a company that they didn't want to, <laughs> They resisted it, but when push came to shove and the employees were like, we got options. Now we got more options than you do right now. And we could just quit if we don't get what we want and go find it elsewhere. But I mean, we don't then have they to get no to that. choice but to change. But then we don't get we don't have to get to that stage if we actually create an environment that people want to yes. be in. Yep. If you actually create an environment people want to be in, you don't have to get um, to that stage. I've gone back and forth, like I've had physical office space, particularly when I hired my first employee, because I didn't know them like that yet. Right now, everybody telecommutes. We were fine. I'm probably never going to have office space again. I just, I want to be traveling and all over the place and I don't want to have to be anywhere. Right. Same with my team, right? They want the option to telecommute. We have things where we can telecommute. And I think for me, what's very interesting was in my first business, I was a, a freelance writer. I, I um, focused on finance and um, I've been on tel like virtual teams for a decade. So for me, it wasn't anything abrupt. I was like, oh, welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> no, that's a fair point. Is there anything else business owners need to consider? 
I think one thing people need to consider, and I don't understand why more people don't do this or why it seems like such a difficult decision, is develop your team and get them the training and the resources that they need. Spend the money to do that. Yeah, and I totally hear you on that. And maybe sometimes the training doesn't have to cost a lot of money because there are so many resources out there. But one of the big challenges is, I suppose, is a mindset that a lot of companies are actually in financial difficulty right? because of either the pandemic, but actually a lot of companies never fully recovered from the great financial crisis in 2009. They spent yeah. all that time trying to get out of that big hole they had dug. They finally That's get out part of, it. of what. That's part of what amazed me about this whole thing, actually. And I think it's because I've, I'm very observant. And one of the things that surprised me was like, did people not get the memo from like the last situation we all just went through 10 years ago? Like, it was shocking to me how many people were ill-prepared. And you know what? We'll have another recession 10 to 15 years from now. Oh yeah, be- I know it's cyclical. I've been saying that for a year. I'm like, set your watch. I, I intend to be stacked. <laughs> by and what the happens next though, <laughs> people will still be ill-prepared. And they will still be ill-prepared. Yep. I mean, thank you. I mean, there's plenty of good takeaways for people to start thinking. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to have the great talent out there, there are people that will work. The question you've got to ask, why won't they work for you? And what do you need to do? How do you need to change so that people are attracted to you? That is Nothing. the real question. Yep. And now I suppose that's where the work needs to be done. How to be yep. attractive to people so they want to become in and working in your environment, as opposed to how do I go and recruit? Because if you're recruiting, you're already on the back foot because you're having to go and search for people. Whereas actually, if you're visible and you look great, people will find you, right? Yep. Yep. So if people want a bit more information about you, connect with you, where do they go? Uh, you can go to my website, amandaobea.com. That's spelled A-B-S and boy, E-L-L-A.com. We have a podcast there that you can take a listen to. Um, and we have tons of free resources on our YouTube channel right now. So you can just uh, find Make Money Your Honey on YouTube. And we have tons of free um, videos with sales trainings coming out. Brilliant. Thank you. And if anything today has resonated with you and you want more information, head over to balka.com and get in touch. If you've loved today's episode, please like it share it and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and most importantly remember that failing to learn is learning to fail please stay safe amanda thank you for being such an awesome guest thank you so much for having me the honor was mine